This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome the winner of 29 professional events uh, all around the world, including, I think, the greatest championship in the world, the Open Championship, Ryder Cups, President's Cups. This uh, this player has seen it and done it all. Mark Kalkovecchia, hey, thanks for uh, for taking the time to come on today. Always love the conversations we have, so appreciate it, sir. My pleasure. First off, how, how's the back feeling? I know you finally had surgery. I'm assuming it just got bad enough where you had to make that call. You know, how's the prognosis, and when are we going to see you back out in the Champions Tour? <laughs> yeah, it, it it did get bad enough, and I I thought it was sounded like a great idea at the time, but it's uh, it's been going pretty slow. Uh, I'm actually meeting with my doctor again tomorrow. Um, I've had a lot of spasms in the last few weeks, uh, which are just you know, debilitating, as you know, when your back grabs out of nowhere. And uh, so I'm not exactly sure what's wrong. I can't quite do that. Well, I can't do the rehab at all because of the spasms. So I'm kind of feeling like I'm falling behind the eight ball a little bit. But uh, it's only been just over two months. So, uh, you know, my doc said it'd take, uh, he, he would, he, he said before the surgery, he'd be surprised if I was doing more than chipping by May. So maybe, maybe I'm not too far behind schedule but uh yeah it's a long process and hopefully uh hopefully it'll all be worth it basically just wear and tear off all those years of hitting a golf ball that hard the body just kind of broke down i'm assuming a little bit yeah yeah it really started bothering me about six years ago on the champions tour and i, I probably should have done it then but uh you know i was only 54 55 then and i thought i could kind of tough it out and just uh, management with uh, epidurals and things like that but uh, I finally just got tired of all that and uh, yeah I, I have uh, you know my spine was kind of full of arthritis and I had a disc uh, pin, uh, bulging disc pinching a nerve I, I've got a cyst in there pinching a nerve and some bone spurs and just all kinds of yucky stuff so uh, doctor went ahead and fused the L4 L5 and uh, gave the nerves plenty of room to uh, move around but uh yeah, it's just it's just taking a while. So it's 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 tough to be patient with it is what it is. Uh you know, I don't mind sitting around for a while, but <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, and that's one of those things, right, where you, you, you talk to people who haven't, it just takes a long time to get fully healthy, right? Like it's just it's one of those it's a long haul on that surgery to get it back. I mean, to go play golf at the level you guys play golf at, right? You know, you're probably able to get around, like you said, by May. But I mean, to go out there and compete, right. it's it's a that's a road, man. Like it's you know, see a lot of golfers in their 30s out for a whole season who have that, you know, and yep. it just it takes yep. that long to get um, back. And I've read uh, I've read things that other people have said that have had it uh, that are younger than me and in probably in much better shape, and they said they didn't quite feel right for. 10 to 12 months. So it, it probably will be a whole year process. I mean, I do hope I can get out and play, uh, you know, without, without too much pain or any pain by, by July or August and at least play, you know, seven or eight or nine tournaments at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, if not, then I'll just, uh, I'll just write the year off and try to get super ready for, uh, 2022. Do you miss it or is it nice to have a break 
after all these years of traveling, being on the road, is it, is it, is, did you miss it more than you thought or is it, are you okay with just, you know, after all the traveling, everything you've done, just to take some time, spend some time with Brenda and just chill out for a little bit? That's a good question. Um, and if, if COVID wouldn't have happened, I probably would have told you it's, it's been a nice break. But once we stopped playing uh, the first week of March last year, and I didn't touch a club for 53 days, uh, I realized I missed it. I mean, I, I, you know, I thought prior to that, that retirement maybe could be right around the corner. But then once, uh, once COVID hit and uh, we were forced to take uh, five months off, then I realized, well, shoot, I don't want to, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. You know, I gotta, I love golf. I want to keep playing. So that's kind of why I went ahead and and uh, went ahead with the surgery to hopefully give me another uh, five or six years uh, of playing decent golf on the Champions Tour uh, before I kind of, you know, finally shut it down or uh, or, or you know, pare back at least pare back my schedule quite a bit. So uh, no, I still. I, I do miss it. You know, I watch it every I watch it every week on TV. So it's uh, uh, and that makes you miss it as well. So uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll certainly be anxious to get out once I start feeling better and uh, at least doing some chipping or hit some bunker shots or do something. It, it, it's in the DNA at this point, right? You've competed at the highest level right. for so long. Like I mean, like the thought because you're still young enough to do it. Like Longer's still very competitive. Obviously, in his 60s, a lot of guys is. Are, are still playing some really competitive golf out there. Like, I agree, you do have four or five, six good years. It's it's so interesting after all you accomplished, but it's still that love, that desire to compete. It's still in there after all these years. Like, that just shows how much love you still have for the game. Because you could just say, I've accomplished everything I've ever wanted to accomplish, which, you know, your career speaks for itself. And yet you still want to put the work in, go out there and compete and see how you stack up. I love it, man. I just, I think it's the coolest thing after all these yeah, years that you're still, I, I, I still there. Yep, it sure is. I still want to do it, and uh, uh, looking forward to it when I can get back at it. Let's talk Players Championship. Uh, you know, it's always back and forth this year, and I'm I'm more on board than ever. Like, if if they went back and made it a major, and there's five majors, I'm I'm cool with it. I, the tournament to me is growing uh, in stature. Not that it wasn't huge 20 years ago, but it feels, man, that it feels like a major. Uh, where do you kind of put this one at? And when you were out there playing, how did you treat it? You know, kind of give me your sense of that tournament from a couple thousand feet in the air. Yeah, I just, I just kind of always felt like it was the fifth biggest tournament in the world, uh, just because of the way it is. You know, with, with the four, with the four majors. Oh Christ, the dogs are fighting now. <laughs> uh, with the four majors. <laughs> so if it's not one thing, it's another. I got to break up a dog fight. That's all right. Um, but it, yeah, it. Uh, Every time I played in, and I loved it. Yeah, you know, certainly I think it's the best field in golf, which it is. Uh, and it's you know the most money. It, it's it's got the most of, of a lot of everything. Uh, and the more and more and more as time goes by, I do feel like it's uh, it has a major feel to it. Um, certainly, everybody would love to win it, and it, it, you know it's fun to watch. You can feel the atmosphere. You can feel the uh, intensity of the tournament. Uh, and you know, that's, what's, that's, what's fun about it. And, and, you know, obviously the last three holes are, uh, amongst the greatest finish in golf where obviously anything can happen. So it, it kind of adds to the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to watch. I, I saw most of it Thursday and all of it Sunday and, and parts of it Friday and Saturday, but, uh, watched quite a bit. And, uh, I honestly was cheering for Lee Westwood, uh, 
I've known Lee forever, it seems like. And, uh, man, it's just great to see him playing the best golf of his life at 47 years old. And uh, he looks like he's having fun doing it. And that, that's the whole uh, the whole secret, really. Uh, everybody says, yeah, well, you know, have more fun when you play calc. I said, well, if I keep missing three footers, it's pretty hard, it's pretty hard to have fun. You know, it's a, it's a give and take type thing, but Lee's, uh, when he went to the claw, he started putting better and, uh, man, he's been playing great. So it was, it was a fun tournament to watch, but, uh, having said all that, what Justin Thomas did on nine, 10, 11, and 12, where he hit every shot as perfect as you can hit it. And to play those four holes, five under, it was, uh, that was pretty impressive as well. Yeah. It's, it was, it was cool to see that, you know, even though Westwood didn't win, no one really kind of fell, I guess, Bryson a little bit, but he came back with the eagle. Like the the, play, the quality of play from the, the, the guys who could have won, it was pretty impressive. I mean, that golf course was playing hard. And, you know, to see them battle it out, it's that's why it's such a great tournament. Um, I'll get to Westwood in, in a second because i got some questions for you because you played really well in your 40s and where that mindset is. Uh, but um, on that back nine, when you were in contention, uh, in that tournament, when you got to that 10th tee, did you always feel like you, there was a 31 or a 32 out there on the back, so you never felt like you were out of it? Was that kind of the feeling you had going into that Sunday on a, at the players in the sense that someone can shoot a 40 and someone could shoot a 30 and you were never fully out of it if you were within three or four shots? Right. No, that's exactly what I thought um, because really uh, – you know, you, you have two par fives that are reachable. Uh, back then, 12 was a uh, uh, a three-wood sand wedge hole. It wasn't the drivable hole that it is now, but it was still an easy hole. And you felt like if you uh, could par birdie 10, you know, then maybe birdie or 11 or 12, and who knows what can happen on 16. Uh, uh, you know, you feel like you could shoot uh, four or five under in the back nine. Uh, but then also 17 and 18 are always in the back of your mind, too, where uh, you always have a little bit of a uh, – uh, anticipation leading up to those two holes but uh like you just said earlier i mean everybody played really good down the stretch i mean nobody imploded uh where they you know that they had a chance to win and made a couple of doubles or something coming in so it was uh it was really really good golf by everybody i thought um, yeah very tough conditions did uh, the pin, the, the, the traditional Sunday pin at 17, did that always look pretty good to your eye? For the most part, were you going at it with your little fade? Was that something that just, if it was the right number, you'd go at it versus playing conservative for the most part? Yeah, I always tried to hit it, you know, right at the ridge and, and just hit a little cut. It, you know, usually for me, it was back then it was a nine iron. Uh, sometimes it was a wedge, but usually it seemed like it was a nine iron shot. Uh, uh, and... I had good success in that hole. I don't think I made a whole lot of a whole lot of birdies there, but I I really only of the twenty some players I played in, I really only think I hit it in the water no more than two or three times. So I had I had pretty good success in that hole. Uh, I remember ninety when Jody Mudd clipped me by one. Uh, I was one down going into the into seventeen, but I I birdied sixteen and uh, had the honor. So. I felt like I it was a little bit into the wind. It was playing tough. I, I felt like I pretty much had to hit it on the green. You know, I couldn't afford to throw one in the pond there and, and put the pressure on him uh, because I had third covered by about five, I think, at that time. So, uh, sure enough, I hit a pretty good nine iron in the middle of the green, and Jody gets up there and 
just dead pushes his nine iron straight at the flag. And I'm like, there's no way in hell he was aiming there. So sure enough, he hit it in there about two feet and made birdie. And, uh, and then he bugged the last hole, but he clipped me by one, but that, that was my best chance to win. And, and uh, I just needed Jody to hit a bad shot for me, but he, he pushed it right at the hole and it was, uh, you know, it was kind of his time, but uh, it's such a fun hole. Yeah, then 18-2, you know, watching Justin Thomas step up there both days and hit that rope draw with a fairway wood. God, you got to have some guts to, to, to get it going towards the trouble, right? I, I have to imagine most of the guys yeah. are going to peel it away from that trouble, and I'll, I'll take right rough if I have to. Like, God, that was a gutsy play with it all on the line, especially on Sunday. I, I think he hit it quite a ways out on the toe, too. It was kind of more of a looping rope draw. You know, you saw after he hit the shot, he kind of leaned on – on his caddy's shoulders, like, wow, I got away with that one. Uh, I don't think it was the best shot, but yeah, I mean, that's, he was trying to hit a nice hard hook there. And, uh, that's, that's a hard shot to pull off under that kind of pressure. And, uh, even though he hit a little off the toe, he got away with it. And that was, uh, that was that. Yeah. It's, uh, he got the fair yeah, bounce. I, I seem with... to remember years past. Yeah. You know, years past guys flaring it out in the mound way right and blowing in the trees and, Man, it just seemed like this year everybody just got up there and laced it right down the middle. It was uh, it was it was good stuff. But don't you think that might be equipment and ball a little bit more than it was 20 years ago? I mean, right? I mean, the oh, sure. the confidence in the driver now. I mean, I, you know, I don't play three wood off as an amateur. I don't play three woods off any tees. I can hit that driver with a modern ball as straight as right. anything anymore. So, you know, just get up there and hit it. I think there's got it's got to right. be a huge part of that too. That the the, the fear of God, I, you know, I remember the equipment of 20 years ago. It didn't take much uh, to get that thing turned in left or not to you know to, to to not have that line. To me, that equipment's made that shot a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, 100 percent correct. Uh, you know, the shafts and the, and the three woods and and the, the way these guys play now, uh, it's almost an accident if they if they hit one left or or you know way over there on the water where they they feel like they can stand up there now and just make a normal swing and it's not going to go left and they can just aim it right down the middle and just, and just rifle it. Uh, and that's, that's a lot to do with the ball and the clubs for sure. Let's talk about playing good golf in your forties. You, you referred to Lee Westwood and, and I was looking at your track record in the forties. You, you, you were like an ATM and a winning machine out there. Look at three wins in your forties, but every year it was really great consistent golf and, and like I said Westwood's sort of accomplishing that on both sides of the pond with winning the race to Dubai and he looks comfortable and happy and what did you find in your 40s was it a freedom that you sort of had played great golf for a long period of time so it's gravy at this point I mean where did you know what was the advantage I guess you would have in your 40s when looking back now of playing so great all the way up to the Champions Tour and being competitive on the PGA Tour guys you know 20 years younger than you were, and, and, and you were still right, right there every single year. What what contributed, I guess, and do you see that same sort of facet that when you watch Westwood, you're like, oh, I, I remember that period of time of playing great golf, and you can understand where he's sort of at. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, uh, you know, I was one of the few guys, especially back then, that, that was fully exempt right up until, uh, you know, they turned 50. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool, and I was I was proud that I was able to do that. I think uh, I met Brenda at the Memorial Tournament, my wife now, in 2001, and I just uh, I was just about to turn 41. Uh, and I think, you know, once we started going out and she started traveling with me, 
and it was also new to her. It was almost like it was I was anxious to, anxious to show her everything, you know, and show off and and take her to all these cool places. And it, it almost like reinvented my career where it was like I was starting over because you know she had never never seen any of these places. So it was uh, I, I think that had a lot to do with my enthusiasm uh, for golf uh, through my 40s and. Uh, obviously, you know, I wanted her to see me win and, to, you know, to win three times in my forties was, 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 was pretty cool. Um, you know, winning the Canadian open in 05 was, it was a huge highlight. And then of course pods in, in 07 when I was 47. So, uh, I never really thought about how old I was for some reason. I, I just felt like if, if I knew my game and I knew if I, if I played great and made, uh, made enough putts, uh, I could have a chance. And, you know, that's, that's kind of why you show up every week. You just feel like if, if everything goes right, you never know, uh, you could possibly win a tournament. And that's what's so fun about it. Was there all, like, you kind of made the thing I was thinking here, but in the sense that you knew what you could do at that point and you knew what you probably couldn't do at that point and it was there a mental advantage almost in your 40s we had so much experience and you've seen everything and you've won and you've lost and you've been there so many times did, did even though physically you might not have the same speed you were at 28 was there almost an advantage in your 40s of just your mental approach and and knowing what you can do and what you can't do almost yeah I knew my game and I I, I knew you know on certain holes that I could I could hit the fairway and I could hit the shot that I needed to hit. And then when I play with some of these younger kids, you know, they're kind of hitting it all over the map or, you know, in the left trees or whatever. And, and it was just something that I knew in my head that, uh, that I was confident enough to get up there and, and hit the shot, uh, you know, in certain holes. Um, so that, that certainly helped all the way through my forties. Uh, and yeah, you know, at that point, the, the younger guys started blowing it way by me, uh, which, uh, wasn't a whole lot of fun, but uh, I was starting to lose a little bit of speed. I, I never really worried about it until I got into my mid-50s when, when my back went south. You, you can look at my stats. I think it was between the time I was 54 and 55, I lost 20 yards uh, in one year, and that was just kind of the start of it. I was still getting it out there really nice at 289, and uh, the next year I hit it 269. Uh, and that's that's a big difference, and uh, that's kind of another reason I kind of went ahead and did this back thing, hoping uh, I could work out, get stronger, and get some more speed and, and get a little more distance out there, even in my 60s. Speaking of distance, uh, love your take on just the whole Bryson experiment. You know, what he's doing, where he's going, obviously it's paying off, but... Uh... Right. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting dive, right? I don't think there's any other player who's ever transformed their body, and he was always long, but not the longest out there, and is now, you know, playing this different type of golf. I mean, you've seen a lot. What's sort of your your take on on that whole situation, and and you know, the journey he's on per se? Well, he's got like he's got like three different gears. You know, he's got his normal little swing and then he you know when the left foot starts spinning out a little bit faster then he's putting a little more into it then when he goes all out like he did at number six at bay hill you know that's the that's the full monty uh you know that's when he goes out as hard as he can so it's it's pretty interesting that he can has has these different stages in and where he wants to hit his driver uh it, it is fun to watch him blast it full blast uh i get a kick out of that as much as anybody else does but uh, you got to give him credit. You know, he, he figured to himself, if, if he can be, 
you know, by far the longest player on tour, and yet still keep it somewhere near the fairway. Uh, you know, that's got to be a huge advantage, and it is, and it uh, it served him just perfectly at Wingfoot because nobody could hit the fairways anyway. So you, you figure you might as well just bomb it up there 40 yards past everybody and have a wedge into the green instead of trying to, you know, gouge a five iron out of the hay. Uh, it was it was perfect strategy for him. But it's uh, it's fun to watch. You know, after after he got done, or you've seen it the last month or two, he he goes to the range and he's there till till it's pitch dark, and he's just waffling drivers. Uh, man, I don't know how you do that, but. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that, that makes my back hurt a little extra just looking at that. Yeah, it almost seems like he's he's like pushing himself for like about a ten year run. I just can't imagine like the body holding up at you know when he's forty, you know, trying to swing that hard at it. Some, yeah, he may, you know, when he, after ten years, he's not going to have to have a day job. But it, it, golf's going to be interesting to see with the guys going at it that hard. Is it more like a normal NBA career? You know, thirty seven, thirty eight. You're just there's just not much left in the tank. The body has given it everything it had. Right. It's worth it, and that's okay. And, and it, you're just not going to be that same athlete that you once were. Right? It'll be interesting to see how long he can put that effort in without having some sort of a breakdown, either men, not mental breakdown, but just like I don't want to do this anymore or my body can't do it. Oh, I agree. I agree. I watch him swing at it like that and just hit drive after drive after drive on the range. And... uh uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how long he lasts. Uh, that's a good point. I remember one year after a tournament, I was so mad after my round, I went to the range and I hit about 75 drivers as hard and as fast as I could hit them. Uh, I think I was intentionally trying to hurt myself. I was so mad. Uh, but all I got out of that was a sore back and a, and a, and a blister on my hand. So that, that backfired. But he does it every day. Yeah, and I always like when you go watch a tour event, you know, most of the guys, that, I mean, at least I recall, there's a hell of a lot more putting and chipping and wedge work than it is full golf swings, right? I mean, when when you were practicing and on the PGA Tour and your body would allow more practice, you didn't spend a hell of a lot of time hitting drivers or seven irons, did you, in full swings? It was more of the... I didn't. I was never a big practicer after the round. Um, you know, if I didn't play very well, I'd go hit you know, maybe a, a bucket of balls. Uh, but I wouldn't generally just stand there and hit drivers till I was physically exhausted. Um, yeah, I'd hit wedges and nine irons and seven irons and stuff like that that's not too uh, not too physically taxing on your body. Uh, or I'd just go hit bunker shots and chips and, and go putt for a while. Uh, I did spend more time, and I've always said I've, I've always enjoyed practicing the short game more than uh, standing on the range pounding balls. Uh, I, I really do enjoy practicing chipping and hitting bunker shots. And, you know, putting, I can last for about a half an hour at, at best uh, before my back starts killing me. Uh, so I can't stand out there for two or, two or three hours and putt like some guys do. But, uh, you know, I think now you watch you watch the guys on tour now, as good as they are, every one of them's got just a stellar short game. They really do. They hit great bunker shots. They hit great chips. And uh, they're all. It seems like they're all good putters. So uh, it, it's 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 kind of cool to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting experience to, or experiment to see what what he's doing, and the, also too, like how much he's improved his putting because the putters, you know, it doesn't look real natural. Obviously, it doesn't have this great flowing stroke oh, that you just 
it, but yet it's working, right? He's all locked in. He's, you know, you would never teach anyone to kind of be that stiff and robotic, but damn, the ball's going in the hole. Like he's figured oh, that out. Oh, you just, you watch his, his putter blade and it, and it just, even on his practice stroke, it just stays so square. Uh, you know, the whole stroke, it's just square to square. But, you know, he doesn't flare it open like Ben Cranshaw used to or, or some of the other guys. Uh, it's just, just so square, it's ridiculous. And it just almost seems like it's hard for him to hit a bad putt. You know, that's another thing you got to give him credit for because, uh, you know, to, to putt like that, nobody else putts like that. You know, a few people put it inside their arm, like Kuchar and, uh, I forget who else just started doing that, but, uh, yeah, he's just uh, he just rocks his shoulders and uh, the putter putter face stays square, and that's another thing that he's figured out uh, how to be really good at. Yeah, it's uh, it like I said, man, it, it doesn't look you know quote unquote beautiful, but the I mean the results speak for themselves. He's turned himself into a really good putter, and it was interesting you were talking about how he has those three gears. I got to I watched him when he won his first event at the John Deere Classic that Friday of the week he won, and and watched him all eighteen holes, followed him. And I noticed that even before he, you know, changed his game, but he still had three gears, uh, and he had all nine shots. And I watched him, and I said to my buddies, I said, this kid's got it. Yeah, I, I, you know, he right. just had he had, the, he had different gears, and he hit the right trajectory on the right shot, as it was called for, both directions and trajectory control. And I remember that ninth hole in the, at the John Deere, that long par four, um, you know, yeah. yep, th- three wood, eight iron, you know, and, and he had that next uh-huh. gear to, to, you know, watch the clubs that they pulled. There was hardly anybody out there. And, you know, he had that 290 yard three wood if he wanted it, uh, you know, to right. turn a hook. It's, it, and I said, this kid's, he's going to be special. You could, you could see the talent and it, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how it's blossoming out there for him. It's, uh, it's a hell of a player, man. You got to give him credit on it. Oh, you sure do. I agree. I was going to ask I you on this fun to watch, thousand percent. Yeah, I think he's great for golf. Oh, I was going to ask you too, do you, with the bombing thing, and hitting it and hitting it forty yards down there, farther than you guys used to, and wedging it on. Would you, would you change pro golf with equipment or you know at the elite elite level ball or club, or are you fine with the way the game is now being played and and let us all play the same equipment, or would you think about biofication at the elite elite level versus us amateurs? I just think it's too complicated to try to accomplish something like that. I, I'm fine with the way things are now. Um, I said maybe three or four years ago, you know, I was kind of hoping that technology would uh, just kind of form itself out and, and, you know, the ball can only go so far and, and, you know, shafts are good. Club heads are good. Uh, but you, you put all that together with how good a shape most of these guys are in uh, and how strong they are. Uh, and no matter what the club head is, I mean, Bryce is still, Bryce is still if, he, if he pulled out my wooden driver from the 80s, he's still going to swing it, you know, 100 and whatever miles an hour, 135 miles an hour, and have 180-some-mile-an-hour ball speed, even with a wood wood. So it, it, it's still all about speed and how hard these guys swing. Uh, so couple that with the, with the balls and the technology. I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, you look at these last four tournaments, Riviera, the scores weren't that low. You know, the course isn't that long. There's there's some long holes, but concession I've never played. I didn't watch much of that. But uh, you know, Bay Hill and the players, it's uh, 
the scores weren't really that low. I mean, basically the weather was dead perfect every day last week, and it's, the scores still weren't super-duper low. Nobody was going out there shooting 62s and 3s. Uh, you know, and then you get a course like Hilton Head, where if the wind starts swirling around, it's, it's a beast, and it's 6,700 yards long. So uh, I think golf's in a great place. Uh, and you just you just can't start sorting up balls for amateurs and, and even uh, old pros like myself. I mean, like I said, I, the last three or four years, I've been driving at 270, you know, not 340. So uh, I, it, I would be super bummed out if I could only hit it, you know, 240 off the tee. Uh, that wouldn't be much fun at all. So I, I think everything's uh, everything's in a good spot, and golf is as healthy as it's as it's been. That's what I'm thinking. As a you know, someone who owns an equipment company, I, I, you're going to have a revolt if if they if they change the rules for everybody. If it wasn't, I, I mean, who's going to want to hit their five wood 185 yards, right? Like people are just they're just going to say, I don't care. You know, just right. yeah, I don't care. Just give me the old equipment. This is nuts. I you know. I always say from my home course, the tips, it's a classic 120-year-old golf course, small greens, 6,500 yards from the tips. The best players might shoot 68 or 69 out there every blue moon. They don't. Yeah. Right. And that's a, that's a plus handicap. Uh, you know, yep. it's, 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 you're talking such a small percentage that they're worried about to me. I just don't, I don't understand it in the detriment of sort of like when they ban the belly putter. I, you know, you got a 58-year-old guy with a yip, and he's better with bellying it and enjoys the game more. I, I don't know. You know, let, let him have the damn sure. thing. What difference does it make at this point? So, and, I've, and believe me, I've, I've tried everything. I've tried the long putter. I've tried the belly putter. And for a little while, I was okay with the belly putter. And then it, then I just lost it. You know, it, you still got to read the putt right. You got to hit at the right speed. Um, it, it's still difficult. Uh, I tried the long putter. I'm great inside five feet, but I can't make a putt outside five or six feet with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for whatever reason, you know, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, yeah, and if some old guy out there putts a lot better, jamming the end of the putter in his belly button and has more fun playing golf, I mean, that's that's the way it should be. I agree with you. I agree. And like I said, if they roll everything back, I ball and everything that spins again, and, you know, average handicap, if you read that report, doesn't hasn't gone down in the last 25 years. So you're just – you're just going right. to be pissing people off with already a very difficult yeah. game for 99.99% of the people. Golf is a real challenge, right? Just go to any golf course and watch, you know, the first <laughs> five holes of guys teeing off, you know. There's, right, it's, exactly. It's hard. It's a hard game. It's a hard game. You know, you watch the best athletes in the world who played one sport and then watch them go try to be a zero handicap at golf. And it's a, I don't care how athletic you are, that's a challenge for most people, right? It's it's it doesn't yeah. translate over. If you're Michael Jordan, it doesn't mean you're a plus three on the golf course two years later. It's a really really hard exactly. thing to, to learn. So make the equipment. Yeah, I'm with you on this calc. Leave it alone. Uh, let let it be. You can you can do things to the golf course to like watch what happens this week at Honda. You know that's not going to be twenty under par. No. You know it's there's it you, you can isn't. yeah you're gonna you can do things to the course to. To, to, to get scores that are reasonable if the PGA Tour wants that, where they don't want 25 under. If you want 12, 13 under, you know, they know how to set the course up to let that happen. Uh, one last one I was going to ask you on a player, because this, this was, we were digging into this, and you probably have been there, and it's almost like, how, how should us amateurs look at this? So you look at Sergio's round on Friday and missed, you know, six, of, uh, six putts inside of eight feet, Lost three strokes, uh, you know, to the field on that. 
but he shoots the seven under the day before. So he had this horrible day on the greens, hitting it great. As a as a as a as a tour player, how would you handle a day like that when the ball striking's there? The one part of your game is just you had it one day and it's gone. And then, what should us amateurs sort of do when we when we we're close, maybe, but there's a you know a, a part of the game not working so well. And how should we approach it to sort of on that third round to try to go in and, and get back what we had on that Thursday round? Like that was a an anomaly of of you don't see a touring pro go from that good that one day to the next day uh, and struggle like that when they're right. already playing good golf. So how how would you approach that, or how should us amateurs approach it as well? Sort of a two part question. Right, yeah, Sergio made a bunch of great putts on Thursday and then Friday. Uh, you know, I, I think he just gets a little tentative. Um, with him, I, I think if he was just a little bit more aggressive putting uh, consistently, he'd be better. Now, I don't know if he realized that and uh, and worked on that when he got done, but it just seemed like he was kind of wishing a lot of putts up there. Uh, it, it happens to all of us. You know, one day you, you putt great, and the next day you, the hole looks like the size of a thimble. Uh you know, you just got to still try to just get your read and uh, uh, focus on hitting a good putt and, and hope it goes in. Uh, even Justin Thomas on Sunday made nothing on the front nine. And then finally he made that, you know, seven-footer on 10 for birdie, and he gave it the fist pump like, you know, I'm back. It just it just takes one putt. And that's the great thing about golf. Sometimes when you're not playing very good or hitting very good, and all of a sudden you hit a seven-iron a foot from the hole, you know, you're like, all right, I'm back. I got it. You know, I, I, I just found it all of a sudden. And the same goes for putting. Uh, when they're not going in and they're not going in and you're just kind of baffled, uh, just just keep keep going at it. And just uh, sooner or later, one's got to go in and it'll make you feel a whole lot better. So in your mind, you would just stay aggressive with the putter. So if we're struggling a little bit, find your line and make a – don't worry about pushing it two or three feet past that hole. Make a good aggressive putt. You like that style make, more. Make a positive stroke. Yes, I do. That's that's what I like to do. And when I'm struggling putting, I just try to stay positive and stay aggressive and just keep hitting good putts. Or just tell yourself, you're hitting good putts. Uh, it's got to go in sooner or later. And uh, even though it's frustrating, and I've been there a million times, uh, I, I just I just try to tell myself to just uh, make a positive stroke at it and not try to just uh, wish it up there at the hole and, and hope for a miracle. Uh, I'd rather be aggressive. And, uh, and and put a good a good effort on it, and uh, you got a better chance of making it that way, I think. Kelk, I can't thank you enough for today. It's great stuff. I love your insights. Like I said, with all the experience you have, it's always it's it's great to talk to you and to to kind of analyze these tournaments. And certainly, uh, golf is better on the Champions Tour when you're out there firing some birdies. So I hope you're feeling better. Looking forward to Thanks, hopefully man. seeing you late in the year and playing a little bit and. Uh, Hope you guys are doing well. And like I said, thanks for your time on this one. I greatly appreciate it. You got it, Jason. Anytime.